Christmas, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Uh, what we have today is we have the skeleton crew of The Terror Table. We have the OGs. We got the boys back in the building. Uh, I am your host named Mitch, and you hear me every single week. Who else do I have with me throwing up deuces? You got skeleton number one, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, did you get a haircut? Uh, I got a Boozy. haircut. <laughs> Say your name. Hi, it's Boozy. Kyle, did you get here? I just noticed. Also, speaking so handsome. Speak into your new mic. The sound quality should be better for Boozy now. Say it. Well, to answer your question, Do I sound Boozy. okay? Yeah, you yeah. sound better now. I, um, I did get a haircut, and then I haven't showered in two days, so it's like I got an extra haircut. You know what I'm saying? Perfect. So, so we're looking. Nice. That's your logic for not getting a haircut? Or not Wait. having a shower? No, 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 no. I'm telling you, I've already gotten a haircut, and then I've showered... Not two days in a row. Therefore, like it's like an extra haircut. You know what I mean? It's like tacked on. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes no doesn't check out at all to me. But yeah, um, we are like back at the table. This is our Christmas episode. Uh, Christmas has been canceled this year due to right. the pandemic. As with everything else this due year. to yeah. the cancellation corner. Don't forget. Yeah, we started this business. We started this gangster shit. <laughs> this is some motherfucking thanks we get. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> anyway, cancel someone for Christmas. Sure. Oh man, a bunch of people. Shia LaBeouf is uh, officially. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, what do you think about, about that, Kyle? It's a tough one. Do you think uh, it's an oh, issue that? Pe- yeah. Do you think oh, it's an issue that people have been praising that lunatic for years? And like he, we've all known he's psycho. See, that's the thing. That is really the thing. It's the least surprising news, but it's just one of those things where now it's so like solidified and on paper and I'm just feel so bad for twigs. It's like, well, what about the dogs that he shot? How do you feel about the dogs that he shot in preparation for a role? I'm just going to go no comment and I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to say that a lot. You missed a lot, boozy. American honey will never be the same. And it's a real tragedy. Why did you tell Shia LaBeouf to do what he did, Kyle? I don't know, man. It's it's just one of those things. I just remember he was holding this big bowl of broccoli, and then he dropped it on the floor, and he started crying, and these kids and the beans into busted his hat. in. Okay, know. we're already off the fucking rails here. So we got that Kyle's like son of Sam, like he's like the dog. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so we're talking about. I'm just gonna try my best to get this thing back on track. Uh, we're talking about Misery today, the 1990 Rob Reiner Stephen King adaptation flick. Starring Kathy Bates and James Caan. Uh, so we'll be getting to that a little bit later on. But that is what we decided to choose uh, to talk about on this year's Christmas episode. Because it just does not feel like Christmas this year. I don't know about you guys, but my Halloween spirit was through the roof. Also, our city was in a better place at that time. Yeah. Uh, but this Christmas has been fucked. Like, it just it, doesn't feel like it. No. You know, I'm not necessarily that... down in the dumps about it, but it's just not the same. No, it it like it's it's messed up for everybody all around the world. But I'm actually not sure how the restrictions are uh, wherever listeners are listening from. But like we're not allowed to see our families this Christmas. Like we all everyone's supposed to be at their the house that they live in. And that's it with the people that they live with. 
So that's what we're all doing. So I'm going to drink a bunch of booze and watch a ton of horror movies. Might watch yeah, some Christmas you. movies. I've been on a huge action movie kick lately, so I might continue that. I'm going to say that. you you have to stay at your trap house. You can't go to other people's trap house <laughs> yeah. for Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Can't share. You can't share the trap. Yeah. Well, so as <laughs> many of you uh, as many of you thought when you opened this episode and heard me uh, greeting you with a ho 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 and then talking about misery, you understand the misery is not a Christmas movie. It's not wow. a Christmas movie at all. It could it's, be. Um, Christmas adjacent, snow. I would say. Yeah. There was, yeah, I felt festive. Yeah. This well, is why this is one of the many movies that I have, and I think we'll we'll get into that a little bit once we get into the main feature conversation. Uh, but there's a bunch of movies that aren't Christmas movies that I just feel like I always watch around Christmas, and right. obviously this one's a um, fair game because it's loaded with snow and it's an isolated flick. But I don't know. Do you guys have any of those movies that you always watch around Christmas time that aren't Christmas movies? The thing that re- that remind you of Christmas, the thing uh, reminds you of Christmas. One hundred percent. I watch the thing around Christmas all the time. It just it feels right. Yeah. What about you? I think Kyle? we had a conversation about this. So like the thing yeah, works better to watch about in the winter. Before. Well, we talked about with uh, like November watches because mm-hmm. that's usually I watch oh, the thing right. in November when it starts getting cold. But I gotta, uh, I gotta be honest. I don't really have something like that. Like I when I when it comes to Christmas specifically, Halloween, I have a little bit different association with things like that. But um, Christmas, it's like I want to go right into the Christmas movies. I bust out Charlie Brown. I bust out Elf. I bust out Christmas Vacation, uh, Nicktoons Volume Two. Yeah, the know, first think... three were great. I don't know yeah. what that third one. The Nicktoons one Volume was. Two is a huge, huge, huge move. Guys, look it up. Um, but no, and and beyond that, it's not really like Christmas movies. But like to me, this season is also kind of like awards season. So it's when I'm watching all of yeah. like the. You know, sometimes the horror movies fall into that category as well. Although, unfortunately, movies don't don't usually get a lot of awards hey, love. But hey, but misery, maybe. But misery. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um. Anyhow, so I guess not so much. I don't have like a like a the thing or even misery, but it's also just a time for watching movies. I finally got some time off. I hunker down. It's kind of like. You know, a mini quarantine that happens every year. I guess we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll give you we'll give you another Stephen King adaptation. Dreamcatcher can be your new uh, the new thing that you watch every Christmas. That's a great Christmas film. Enjoy. I was speaking. Looked speaking, speaking of watching some stuff, though, we are going to get into what we've been seeing over the last few weeks since uh, Kyle and Boozy have been on the show. Um, but before that, I just want to give everyone a heads up that our next episode, the episode dropping after this, we are going to be talking about our top 10 favorite horror movies of 2020. Uh, so all three of us will have our own separate top tens. We're just going to reflect on the year and the films that we received and, uh, what our thoughts are, were on the year in general and the types of movies we got. Uh, but as a little added bonus, since the, the year itself is just so lackluster, uh, we're going to talk about our favorite, our top 10 favorite albums as well. And that has nothing to do with horror movies. Maybe a couple of them will have like, you know, references to horror movies or something like that. But we're just going to, we're going to tack that part on at the very end of the next episode. So if you're not interested in hearing us talk about music, you don't need to. Uh, but I personally feel like it's been one of the best years for me in regards to new music. And uh, so I, I, I figure we should talk about it. And plus, I know Bo- me and Boozy, I'm not sure about you, Kyle, because I, I know you try and avoid our listeners at all costs. Sure. Um, but uh, Boozy, Boozy and I, <laughs> we often talk with listeners about music. So we just figured it'd be a fun little thing to to throw in there. And maybe this will give our listeners an idea of what you like, Kyle. So you can ha- start having these direct messages. You know, my DMs are open, guys. Just, you know, throw... slide in there, Cody. Yeah, Cody. 
get in there, man. Um, I got All some tracks to Bowl talk Bowl. about. There's been some good albums, so yeah, that'll be fun. I oh, just yeah. want to say on a personal note that uh, every I look forward to not to like shill ourselves, but I look forward to the top ten list every year. That's always a great episode. It is. It's always kind of why I feel like we're doing this. Like it, it's a it's a fun way to you know reflect on everything that we watch throughout the year, especially new mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and it's a good we, episode to like jump in on too. Like if you don't really know where to start, that's a great place to start. That I totally agree with. But we should also say we didn't do a top ten last year because we were. It was whiny, we were whiny babies and there wasn't a pandemic, but we, we personally, I think we just all didn't like a lot of, we didn't love 10 horror movies last year. Well, and also uh, felt, it felt more important to do a decade retrospective. That was more, yeah, that was more I think, I think yeah. that also was a pretty big factor too. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, so do you guys want to just get into it? What have you guys been up to? Good fucking boozy graduated film school. Congrats, homie. Boozy finished film school was that two days ago? Um, e- what day is it today? Today is it is Tuesday, December twenty second. Four days ago. Oh, okay. respect. Good math. Respect. That's good. So now you can start working on the erotic witch project two, Calamity Shadow. <laughs> this time it's personal. <laughs> Calamity. Yeah. Um, and Kyle, I'm assuming you did something worthwhile talking about you. (laughs) Were you, were you in school? Did you do anything important? Yeah, I finished a term of school and I started a full-time job somewhere in between there. So it's been a, it's been a busy month actually, but it's been good. Congrats, Kyle. I hate that you're not clapping too. I just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it, guys. What? Uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about what you have seen over the last couple of weeks? Kyle, you said you had so much heat. Let us feel the wrath of these fires. Okay, I'm coming in. I'm coming in hot. You guys, um, okay. watch your hands. The potatoes are falling. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so I watched probably one of the more, um, I guess, talked about and more respected horror films of the year. I don't really know how to open it up, but I watched Possessor. Uh, Brandon yes. Cronenberg's Possessor, uh, which, I mean, I guess ever since I found out about it and Mitch kind of praising it, um, you know, I was really excited to check this one out. I had it. I still haven't seen Antiviral, but I've seen things from it. And even when it came out, I remember reading about it and kind of like, you know, being interested in like the fact alone that like David Cronenberg's son was making films like that is that's exciting. Right. I mean, that's something yeah. we should be grateful for, basically. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's uh, that is really um, that is solidified in Possessor. Possessor is it's kind of like not really fair that like <laughs> this family is so talented. <laughs> I got oh, I know that's kind yeah. of the biggest takeaway. Um, you just want a little slice of whatever they got going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if folks out there haven't seen Possessor yet. You definitely should check it out. This this is a this film was picked up by Neon, which was really cool. I think it's a second uh, horror film to be picked up by Neon. And the second one this year, I think the first was The Lodge, I'm pretty sure. Um, and it's good because I think that'll get more eyes on this film for people that need to see it because it's it's something special. And like the first, I guess like the first act of this film, I was pretty worried because like honestly, it was not really my thing. Like what it was setting up, I was like, I don't know. Sometimes like sci-fi concepts like that are just not my, it's just not my cup of tea. Like it's not like it was written poorly or constructed like sloppily it's just something i'm not interested in but i was really happy with the direction the film went in so 
that that was a huge that was a huge thing for me because I was like, oh fuck, am I gonna hate this movie? Like, how am I? Like, I was actually scared to like come on the show and be like, fuck, how am I gonna talk about like how much I didn't like Possessor? But I'm really happy to report back that essentially h- how the movie progresses is really, really, really captivating, and it tells the story in a really interesting way. It kind of has like two lead roles, um, in in a sense. I don't want to give too much away about the film. Um, but I mean, if you see like the trailer, you, you get a good sense of what's kind of going on. Uh, Angia Risenborough, I think that's how you say her name. Andrea uh, Riseborough. Riseborough. Sorry. She kills it. She is haunting, uh, totally captivating. Uh, she played Mandy in Mandy for yep. folks who saw that film. Uh, and then I guess like her counterpart in the film, uh, played by Christopher James, Abbott. Christopher Abbott. You guys ever seen James White? Have you seen that flick? No, that's a really good movie, and he he he's the lead in that. Um, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. He was in uh, It Comes at Night as well, and Black some other. Bear. Stuff. I haven't seen that yet, but that is that's on the list to check out in the next eight days. Uh, you can see it now. Not a horror I, movie though. Not a horror movie, but still worth checking out from what I've been told. Anyways, these two leads they really really carry this film, uh, and the way the movie kind of plays out. It's it's kind of like part experimental at times, which is what is really cool about it. Like for me, it's this is the kind of premise that could either be really cliche and kind of hokey, which is what I was kind of worried about at the beginning. But by the end of it, you really get like Brandon Cronenberg's uh, like personal style, and you kind of really understand like what his vision is for this story. Um, the music is fucking sick too. It's Jim Williams on the score. Uh, he's done like all of, uh, Ben Wheatley's films. Like, uh, oh, I love Ben Wheatley. Yeah. So if you're familiar with that, he also did the score for raw and I've, I've loved the music in that movie as well. Um, or the music in that movie. So yeah, I don't know. I think as a total package, this is just a really, really promising film to see where Brandon Cronenberg is going to go in the future. And I think this should really be at the top of most people's watch list. If you haven't checked it out, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, I, I suppose, um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot to like in here. Um, it also has Raul Bahenzia in it, who, of course, voiced uh, many characters from Metabots, Beyblades, and Braceface. So that <laughs> shit really got me going. Um, I yeah. love Heavy Metabots. Hitters. Yeah, Metabots. Oh. Metabot. Uh, we'll talk later. What? <laughs> what? No, tell me what are... Are they like Transformers, but meta? Metabots are like... Smaller. They're like robots. That are, yeah. Actually, how do you even describe Metabots? Don't worry no, they're it. like they're like transformed transformers, but they have personalities and they they're really small. And they There's fight. like a metal. You need the you need the metal. Okay, okay. Sounds sounds very original. Very original. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think I think this movie like it eventually goes to some really really emotional places too, which I think is what for me like kind of put that like bow on top of the whole package. Like the last act of this movie oh. is just it's gut it's it, it's gut wrenching. Like it's it's uh, it's some of the most shocking stuff I've actually seen this year, I would say, to some extent. So, anyways, I'm probably not the first person who's blown their load about Possessor that you've heard so far, but I'll add myself to that list. So, definitely, definitely check this one out. It's great. To be honest, man, I haven't heard, like, I, I listen to a lot of, like, movie podcasts, and I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. So, really? Uh, okay. I think it is a, it's a good thing that, uh, you know, and uh, especially this year, it's it's super easy to miss things. Well, it's, I guess it's easier I guess than going, ever. <laughs> I mean, I guess I've just been seeing like lists pop up this past week, basically, and it's yeah. been like near the top of most of those lists. Yeah. And I think I've bombarded you a couple times with my opinions on it. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> actually, movie. 
That's really, true. Um, I'm really I'll, happy I'll, you liked it. Yeah, I, re- I really did. And I, I like have to like make it very clear. I was ready to like write a formal apology to you, Mitch, okay. for the first 20 minutes. Because for me, it was just like, I I just don't fuck with some of that sci-fi shit sometimes. Which is kind, it's it's kind of weird because it's Jennifer Jason Lee. And there's like oh, obvious. Oh, I gotta talk about her. Courtney Love. I, I, I need to talk to about her. I have to agree with Courtney on her oh in this film. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> in this one, she really kind of she kind of drops the ball. She's probably the worst performance in the film. I have to be honest. Okay, wow. so I'll agree with that. But I don't that's think just... she's a bad actress. I think she's just redoing her annihilation character in this she movie. She does. Yeah, and, and she it's, not, it, it, it's she, noticeable. Yeah, and she totally is redoing her annihilation thing, like the whole monotone voice that Courtney yeah. aptly made fun of. She's so good at it. Well, I know that's Boozy was getting horny when we were watching it. Oh yeah, I mean, because we I... started me, Boozy, Darcy, and Jen started Possessor one night, but it was like we were all talking too much, so we were like, "Hey, we gotta." Everyone needs to actually go home and watch this movie. So, um, well, but Boozy, I, I remember you talking about how you wanted her to um, lo- love you in a painful way. Yeah. I guess I think just Courtney's words really struck struck a chord with me. She's totally right. Couldn't get out of my head. <laughs> but yeah. uh, anyways, I, that's, I also, that's not, not a huge detriment, though. Honestly, like, it's whatever. The film's great. You should check it out. I got a text message from Dylan Hershuk saying that he's like, tell Courtney I agree with her on Jennifer Jason Leigh. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah. Great minds think alike. That's all I got to yeah. say. Truth. Truth. All right. Well, that's great. So Kyle saw Possessor. Boozy, you want to knock one off? Sure. Also, I can't remember if we mentioned it, but speaking of Dylan, congrats on his spirit box video. Oh, baby. Yeah, one of For many. Constance. It's, oh, it's, it's blowing up right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, if you, for some reason, are not listening to spirit box um, and you like heavy music, you got to fix that. Just look them up. Uh, but former guest of the show, Dylan Hershock, who will for sure have back and probably soon. Um, he, have to at this point. Yeah, he filmed four of their videos and. Uh, all, all of the ones that people that seem to have the most traction, mm-hmm. uh, but especially this this latest one, it's a very personal, personal song for uh, personal song and video for everyone involved. And they killed it. It's called Constance. It's great. Good shout out, hmm. Boozy. Yeah, um, I'm going to start off what I've seen because I've actually seen quite a bit with something from 2020. So I've kind of been doing my homework and Let's it's also it. really bad. So I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. So it's called A Killer Next Door. It's from 2020, and it is based on serial killer John List to a fault because they actually just straight up call him John List in the movie. John List is a family annihilator, and he's what the movie Stepfather is based off of. Oh, yeah. So right away, this movie does feel a lot like Stepfather, but (laughs) really bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, I don't know. It it was, it was not great. And I just, I wanted to see what was out there because I think that 2020, we should have a well-rounded experience and see what, what's all out there. And this is not going to make my list. Well, I appreciate you visiting the bottom for us, Boozy. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I didn't make it all the way through. And (laughs) like, I think the whole thing with like them actually using like actual killers names, it's kind of like, do you remember that movie? Uh, I think only I would remember it like Jackal. Oh, no, dude, you're you're mixing up Wolves at the Door. Wolves at the Door, right. Yeah, that was the one that I remember you talking about because it deterred. I wanted to see it, and it ter- you turned me away from watching it because they used all the real Manson names. Yeah, and, and basically kind of reenacted all the, the crimes yeah. and stuff, which... Jackals also there's... sucked, and it's kind of like that. But Yeah, yeah. what a forgettable movie. I'm sorry yeah. for Jackals. 
Boozy, um, you need to give us something more on this one because I am looking at your letterbox and you gave this a very, very poignant half star. So come on, tell, tell me something. What what is? Dude, that's that's offensive. It's I think it's not it's not well made. First off, and if it was like it had an interesting story, whatever, I could try and hold on to it. But the fact that they just straight up use. Like the John List name, it's it's offensive. I think I don't yeah. think we should we okay. should just be okay. straight up using these names. But also right. let's 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 take a little trip through the filmmakers. Uh, it's, uh, it's also not a great movie. So, I just want to say it, it's not amazing. Yeah, no, you're, well made. Got it very clear. Um, this is also the man who made Robert, that movie about the killer doll that just looks like a Annabelle ripoff. We've all it's, seen. It. It's supposed to be like the boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. He also did uh, Cabin 28, which is notoriously known as one of the worst horror movies ever made. And it came out recently, 2017. Uh, that one was based on, it's the the real story of the strangers. I think it even says on the cover. Oh, my God. Based I on the, based on the true life murders. I own this, blue, I own this DVD, man. My buddy gave it to me because he's like, you need to see how bad this is. So I was like, I'm not one of those guys that gets enjoyment out of watching bad movies that I know I'm not going to like. Um, like for, in order for me to watch, like a, get excited for a bad movie, it needs to be directed by Glenn Danzig. Um, right. but yeah, so, uh, I do the kind of other... love these, I love these filmmakers though, because you know, they spend more time on the poster than the film and that, that I can kind of appreciate. It's kind of admirable that they, they do yeah. this and they wanted you to know this movie is on fucking Tubi. Like yep. this. <laughs> so is this one. That's uh, the least surprising thing I've ever heard. Bundy what? and the Green River Killer. It's, a uh, uh, Ted Bundy helps catch the green river killer right. um we also have the manson family massacre the utah cabin murders right. the jonestown haunting so the the man's got a ton of class so yeah he has a, a niche he has a right. niche right and i i didn't you know i try i try to go in and i i think i need to start doing background research on my directors because yes. that kind of bit me in the ass the other week there uh yeah boozy was watching a movie that was directed by a pedophile and i oh. didn't know it no okay. you should be canceled for that you yeah. should be gone <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's not going to make my 2020 list, and a shame upon uh, this film. Well, okay, yeah. all right. Um, a killer next door. I'll knock one off now. Um, I watched a couple new ones, but I'm going to start off with the older ones that I just caught up with that I hadn't seen before. Uh, I checked out. I finally checked out Gonjium Haunted Asylum. Have you, either of you guys heard of this movie? I because have not. this this was recommended by Thomas Winemaster, former guest of the show. Uh, when he was on our episode on the tunnel and I've been wanting to see it ever since. Cause, uh, I just, I, I always, I, I tend to agree with Thomas's criticisms. I, him and I have pretty similar taste. Uh, but this is a documentary style found footage haunted asylum movie. Um, it's kind of like the ghost adventures thing where a young okay. group of paranormal investigators go into one of the top haunted places in the world, which is this Gongium asylum where all these babies and, other people were murdered, so it's haunted as heck, apparently. Uh, so this group goes into... The, the, the movie is just... It's another one of those, like, there's tons of homages to the Blair Witch Project. I assume those were homages and not just blatant ripoffs, but there's, like, almost scenes recreated. Uh, this is just one of those J-horror movies that I think, if you're generally a fan of movies like, you know, the original Ringu or The Grudge, stuff like that, you're going to get some really insane J-horror ASMR action. 
in this movie because asmr yes in in the last like 20 minutes like that's the i remember thomas was the you know i don't i'm trying to stop speaking for people who aren't here uh unless it's jesse sawitzki who could fuck himself um but (laughs) all right when when thomas was here he was saying he's like yeah i wasn't really digging the beginning but then it got really spooky at the end and i can confirm that it gets spooky uh, I haven't seen Courtney jump like that in a while. Like she, were, she actually almost headbutted me in the face because she jumped at a at a moment in the the movie, the final half hour. So, yeah, I guess if you're a fan of these types of like, you know, haunt, ghost hunters shows or any kind of that paranormal investigation, and you're you're not tired of the whole found footage subgenre, it's worth a look. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's just definitely not one that it kind of lost me by the end. I, I, I feel like the whole I just kind of feel like this whole storyline is di- I'm getting it's diminishing returns. And I've, you know, see, I'm just tired of these types of movies like they don't do a lot for me personally. Uh, but if you are a fan of like Haunted Asylum stuff or something like that, check it out. Um, but if you haven't seen Session 9, do that instead. <laughs> so that's always yeah, a good that's recommendation. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so this thing gar- looks, it, it looks kind of cool. Like, um. It looks like the kind of film. It looks like the kind of film where, like, maybe the the concept is like a a little bit. um, It's a little bit tired, but like, there's some interesting stuff going on and how they're doing it. Yeah, and it's all about like the the whole you know with movies like that. Like, obviously, horror especially is a genre that is. There's been so much retread of other common territories that we've all seen before. It's all about what are you going to do different with it this time. And I don't. That's why I'm not really giving this one a glowing review. That as you know as it does have kind of a creepy ending. It's still something I've seen before. Gotcha. gotcha. And uh, it just generally doesn't work for me. Those types yeah. of things. So you'll know what I mean when you see it or if you have seen it. Uh, but there's some, yeah, like if you're if you're sensitive to sounds, this this movie's going to fucking probably bother you. That's interesting. Like if okay. you're hearing someone eating. Yeah, that shit kind of fucks me up. I'm not really into that. Yeah, <laughs> no, not so much. But yeah, so that was Gondrium Haunted Asylum. Kyle, you got anything else? Yes, I have another one here. Um, so now this one, I don't even know how I fully think about this. So I'm curious if you guys have seen this. I feel like you probably have. I could be totally wrong. I need to preface it by saying that I wanted to do something special for the show. I, you know, I haven't been on in a couple weeks. And I thought, you know what? What could I do to make my two boys happy? Please, oh, I, please I should, tell I should, me you. I watched, I watched uh, a brand new film, a 2020 film. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say you watched Stay Alive again. For starters, I considered it, but did not have the time. Uh, And then I thought, what's another thing I could do? I watched a film on Tubi. Oh! Catering. Wow. Dang shit. This is my Christmas gift. Dang shit. Thank you. I watched a film on Tubi. And I watched 2016's, what the fuck is this thing you do? Better Watch Out. Oh, okay. Christmas okay. a better one on TV. Yes. So I wanted to stay in the Christmas Christmas episode. I figured uh, this looked Christmas-ish. So sure, why not? It's straight um, up a Christmas movie. I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely falls in line with that. Um, and I don't really, I don't actually know how I feel about this movie. I have to be honest. Um, have you guys seen this? Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I don't love it. I just, I am going to watch it. I own it on Blu-ray and I'm going to watch it next week, like, you know, around Christmas, Thursday, okay. Friday. Oh, geez. Okay. Because I have to be honest, for a, probably half the film, I hated it. Like, absolutely fucking hated it. Like, I... Like the I'm, first on, half. On a, 
and even kind of the yeah the first half for sure i kind of hated it on like a moral standpoint <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> like i really hated i felt like i don't want to spoil it because this film is like it has a very it's very spoiler sensitive yeah I it's guess. so easy to spoil and, that I, movie. and i don't want to like spoil the movie too much but i i just felt like the film was really exploiting children in a way I wasn't totally comfortable with, to be honest. Uh, and it's also kind of like pro incel, which I don't really fuck with in a lot of ways. <laughs> hey, it is um, not. It, it is not. What a we, weird... we can we can we can have a conversation about it. At, there, there's an ending to that movie, so it's not pro incel. The ending is very very um, just for this twelve year old incel in a lot of ways the movie works its way to get to that. And I'm just kind of like, not really sure how I feel about that. I think it's a little bit fucked. I'm not going to lie. I like think you don't, parts, you didn't I like watching him get to that point. I didn't like the resolution. I didn't think it was enough. I think it was, oh, okay. it was, it's too mean. It's not even mean spirited. I think it's actually quite dangerous and toxic. I think this is not the kind of, cause it's, it's a weird kind of movie because it's the kind of movie that people would maybe say like, who's this for, which I don't totally agree with that all the time. But I, I could see where people maybe come from with this film, where it's kind of like I could see how it would appeal to children in a sense. But at the same time, it's way too mature to actually be for children. So it's kind of in this weird like limbo of like, you know, who is it for, I guess. Right. And because of that, I think it it's too it's it's really dangerously being uh, accessible to young people. And I don't think young people should be watching this at all. I think it's really toxic, to be honest. Wow. But. That Aaron makes... Kyle over here. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree. Know, but uh, I, I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I do disagree. Let the I don't kids know, have man. some fun, Kyle. Come well, on. I get, it's a horror the movie. Is... The kid is horrible in it. Um, yeah, but I don't think... It's different, though, when it's adults. When it's children, then it's like it's way too easy to be like, oh, well, they're just kids, so it's okay. I don't I, but really I don't... I think, I think if someone left the movie with that fucking opinion, they didn't watch the movie. Oh, I definitely like, watched this motherfucking movie. I'll tell you that much. But, and like, and the you, thing... you you left with the opinion that, uh, like, I, well, I guess. Hey, I... Hear me out. Hear me out. That's what I had to say. Like, the first half, I heavily felt this way. But then the film progresses to the point where it kind of wants you to kind of do that self-reflection through the movie. Like, okay, what's really happening here? What is this character like? You know, like. It, it, it kind of directly references that stuff and tackles that. And I think that's a really good thing, but I don't think it does it enough to be honest with you. And by the time the film comes to its conclusion, it's just kind of like, I just kind of watched like a fucking lame clockwork orange in some ways. Like, I don't really know if I can totally get behind this. Like it's, it's, um, it revels in that kind of like a uh, mean spirited nature that I don't really fuck with. Yeah, um, it definitely is mean spirit. I'll give you. And that's what, that's why I feel like I'm kind of understanding to why you wouldn't enjoy it. I totally get that because you didn't like cheap thrills either, and it's well, like. Well, I was going to bring that up because the reason cheap thrills works is because it's adults. I think that is the biggest thing. I think it's I think it's dangerous to be actually putting children one actually hiring them and paying them to act out these situations and two to like. Bro, do you I, fucking realize that you're a Harmony Corinne fan? Dude, Have you seen kids? I've definitely seen kids, <laughs> but I don't think I think this. I think a film like this. It's pretty dangerous. I don't like it. I don't really fuck with it. I was not See, into it. I would say Kids is a hundred times more dangerous than Better Watch Out because it's a uh, fictional I, story. I would disagree. Seeing that's why actually Kids works better because it's it's a, there's a lot of truth to that and there's a lot of realistic situations that are being depicted in a way that I think actually acts as catharsis. Where this, 
I think this is really, really teetering on a line of dangerous, and I don't, I don't really like that. So I, I found it like a really hard watch, to be completely honest, and I was not expecting it. I thought this would be like a chill, like Christmas movie, like some blood and guts, whatever. Let's hang out. And I was like, wow, I'm thinking way too much about this movie, and I don't like it. <laughs> like I'm trying to yeah. turn my brain off right now, and like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, the only thing that makes the only thing that makes sense is the screenplay was written by someone who was in Joe Dirt Two: Beautiful Loser. So that really. So you that, hated the movie. So, but okay, <sighs> fuck. I knew I was gonna sound way too negative talking about it because I had to give my thoughts out on this. Because this, yeah, this no. is my true thoughts. The yeah. thing was though, is as the movie goes on, like I said, it 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 does kind of reflect on itself. It does kind of make sense of what's going on, and it's not. Like, I'm calling it dangerous only because I feel like I'm an adult and I can watch this and I can make sense of it. But I know for a fact that, like, I know, I know, like, edgy kids I grew up with that would watch this and love it a little too much. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Diego. And, like, like Diego. Okay. <laughs> and so, we... and so I, I, I found that to just be, like, I just, I'm tired of shit like this. Like, I'm so happy we're not in 2016 anymore because I don't think films like this get made anymore. And I'm, I'm kind of happy for that. Oh, to be man. They get me. There was a movie just made that was just like this. It actually ripped it off. Um, well, I can't, rem- can't remember what it was. But no, this exactly. shit still. Can't remember what this it was. was in my top, this was in my top 10 of 2019 or 2016. Dude, that's interesting. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to knock you for liking it. And I, I guess I'm being knocked for disliking it. But the, the thing is, is like, as it went on, like I did, I did enjoy it a bit more, and I think like it got so insane that it was too insane, right? Like it got so unbelievable that it was like, okay, sure, like there, this is being goofy, but honestly, you know what sucks is that this sounds like it's a perfect discussion for. I, actually, I'm pretty sure we have done an episode on this movie before, but I kind of forget. Yeah, uh, that, this would be a great episode. Much. But I, I, I don't want to make you watch it again. To, I would be willing to watch it again, and I'd be willing to talk about it too. And maybe I'll get some heat for disliking this one. And like, no, it's weird. Dude, I'm not. They, I'm not necessarily a person. Like, I'm not some like fucking uh, Bible belter who's like, oh, video games cause violence. That's not really my point of view on this. But every now and then, there is something like this that does kind of make me double take and kind of think like, maybe like things like this shouldn't get made anymore. Like, I don't know. So. Yeah, I feel like it's more like an early 2000s movie that just came out like a little too late. Well, that's one thing I know, Debussy. I'm really happy you brought that out. Like, I literally wrote down, I wrote 2014 to 2016. It was an awkward period where like things that would were written then would not fly now. But even then, yeah, they were kind yeah, of yeah. lazy and tired. So even then, it was kind of like we don't need this as anymore. But no one was really offended. Now people are kind of offended I, by it. I know. I okay. think that the I think the movie has it does. There's a conversation in the center of it that you could have when it's over. And I think they give you enough. Uh, we will talk about this more. Yeah, next, I'm sorry. I went on Christmas. way too long about this one. But no, I dude. mean, no, it, I, I I love hearing this, but I just uh, it sucks because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Yeah, but I, I want to have a full on conversation with you, but we can't do that right now. <laughs> also, my first Tubi ad was an animated ad, and it really fucked me up. <laughs> I was like, right when things were apping up, that this fucking cartoon cat showed up, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, see, that could ruin that could ruin a the vibe of a, of a good horror movie. <laughs> Maybe well, I, don't, watch I, the, don't watch the don't watch the witch on Tubi. That's true. I kind of expected that. I knew there'd be ads. It wasn't a big deal, but it's kind yeah. of funny. Anyways, right. I don't know, but I I haven't even given my letterbox rated because I actually don't know what to rate this because I think this movie does actually have some cool stuff happening, 
but I think it just left a weird fucking taste in my mouth that I just don't know what to think of it. So I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that. But nah. let this be let it let me be clear that I'm never gonna give Raz give you shit for not liking a movie that I like, especially one like that. Like I don't even really like that. I like that movie, but I'm not like it's not one of my favorite movies ever or something like that. Uh, I just think guys in high school that just like get a little a little too much into Clockwork Orange. Bro, we recorded a hundred and some episodes with Diego. <laughs> that's him. But that's what I think is that there's a difference between the people who are actually going to do something and then the people who are just like well, you know funny about it. And that's let me get that clear as well. Diego's not actually a psychopath. Like he's one of my good should, friends. Should make I'm still yeah, I'm still very good friends with Diego, and I love that guy. Uh, but it, know, it's man. in his it's in his nature to like to scare people and be fucky. Granted better watch out takes it further than that this um, film just kind of felt like privilege the film like there's yes, literally a, there, that, there's a line where they're like oh do you know what they do to white kids in jail oh god great so subversive like oh that, man that, and see i think that all i think a lot of shit flew over your head kyle no i, I don't think i'm think smarter that. than you in this movie <laughs> just kidding that, that might be true i don't know mitch but no uh, i no. was I was paying a little too much attention to this movie. I have to be honest. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm out to lunch on it, but I don't know. It was a weird one. It was a weird watch. I have to be honest. Right. Well, this is going to be to be continued for next year. Next year, we'll do a better watch out episode for Christmas. It might be my new stay alive. Maybe I watch it every month to, and I'll write a fucking thesis on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, that was better watch out, which you can watch out on Tubi. And it's like the first film, like on Tubi. It was like yeah, it's just one of the big, bigger ones on Tubi. Yeah, yeah. it's a big. Ad, Boozy, yeah. you you saw that movie, hey? Yeah, yeah. I, you, I didn't feel as conflicted, but I, I don't know. Maybe I I have to rewatch it. Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough. Or or maybe like Kyle says, you're an incel for liking it. That's not what I said. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Think, I didn't think I was an incel, but maybe I am. Yeah. What's the criteria? I, this this kid this kid is literally okay i had a bang i had a banger joke um but it would have only hurt me and i didn't say it i'm just I'm not i'm just I was not gonna, until, when like, you said are you like what am i an insult i was gonna say well do you like joker <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, i love joker yeah, yeah, apparently so everyone who likes joker is an incel so but uh kyle or boozy Hi. boozy uh what else have you watched well, I mean, while Kyle was browsing Tubi, I was also browsing Tubi. And that's when oh I God, stumbled the across Did we 1993's meet? The Chill Factor. Great title. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, check out the, the, the art for this movie is tight. This movie is actually kind of cool. I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. It was... Uh, it's a pretty cool movie, guys. So, 1993. It's also known as Demon Possessed. I love <laughs> you know it's horror. a good movie when like like a lot of those Tubi flicks have like six titles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a cool poster. It's got a homie on a on a snowmobile and the tagline says, just when you thought it was safe to go back on the slopes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just yeah. when you thought this movie came out and ruined your your slope dreams for the All right, so boozy, this is actually on the higher end of the ratings for you ah. as far as uh Tubi movies you you like. This uh, is three point nine out of ten. Yeah, this one's this actually is probably pretty the, fun. I think this is the highest rated one that you've watched yet. I'm surprised that Mom wasn't rated higher than this. I just think <laughs> enough people haven't seen Mom yet. Oh, That's right, right. Can you can uh, you give us uh, an idea of what Demon Possessed slash The Chill Factor is? There's so yeah, different titles. So, so basically, fun. this this group of um, well-to-do teens go out 
to this remote cabin to have a good weekend, but one of them gets in an accident, a snowmobile accident, after they're doing a bunch of races and extreme stunts, which is very cool, guys. Right. Very <laughs> lots of lots of shreddage with extreme. With yeah, with snowmobiles. Anyway, one guy gets in an accident, and they're like, "Oh shit, uh, he's gonna get hypothermia if we leave him out here." And they're like, "Well, we can't move him." And then there's this church just off in the distance, and like, "Oh well, good thing there's this church." So they go there, and nobody's there, and they let the they lay this dude down, and basically they steal a lot of the ideas from like Evil Dead kind of stuff. Like basically, they find a Ouija board, and it turns out that there's like a cult was in this church. And they take over the dude who got in an accident, and then he just chases everyone around the rest of the movie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, they laid a guy on fire, and you can clearly tell it's just a dude in a dummy suit, and he has his thumb pointing up a whole bunch, and then he just runs around. It's it's great. I Those actually, are the best. I enjoyed this movie. It's not as good as Mom, but I did enjoy this movie. It's fun. Okay, good Man, to this know. Post, this poster is really fucking sick for the record. I love this artwork. Like, I yeah. wasn't joking. Like, I, I love this old school artwork. And I think, who put this out? Uh, Arrow? Yeah, Arrow Video put out this. Really? Like, oh, damn. Huh. That's yeah. cool. I did not. All right, well, that is The Chill Factor from Arrow or Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I got a couple more I'm going to knock off. Uh, I checked out Freaky. Oh, the yeah. New, how is it? New Vince Vaughn, Catherine Lang, Lang, or wait, Catherine Newton? Is that her name? Are we in the midst of a Vonnaissance? Are we getting a Vonnaissance right now? What's going on? Boy, I hope so. After what's Catherine the Newton meter at right now. Yeah, what's the Vaughn meter? So freaky is the latest creation genre blending slasher flick from writer director Christopher Landon uh, and the folks at Blumhouse. So this is the guy who made Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. And uh, like I said, it stars Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. And it's about them swapping bodies, Freaky Friday style, like Lohan and Lee Curtis. And uh, I know that there's an older one for that, but I can't, I can't even or, remember. Uh, who or was little, called. little Dicky and the, and the guy we won't, we won't, no, we yeah. don't say his name. We don't say his name. Voldemort. Yeah. Either way. Um, so yeah, Vince Vaughn plays essentially Jason Voorhees in a sense. Like he is absolutely this is a hard r comedy horror so that's why oh man i really like this movie i really really liked it um if you're hesitant about it the movie at all i would just say give the first 10 15 minutes a a look and if that doesn't grab you then this may not be for you but um what i love about this movie so much like even compared to happy death day is how brutal the kills are and like vince vaughn is hilarious and like being you you would normally think like that could be really, really cliche and really annoying having Vince Vaughn acting like a 16 year old girl for the whole movie. But man, does he kill it? Like he does such a good job in that role. I can't say the same for Catherine Newton playing. Cause so, so she's a teenage girl who swaps bodies with a serial killer. And so the, the girl is going around and she's killing people. She's supposed to be Vince Vaughn. And uh, that just isn't as enticing as seeing Vince Vaughn, like have a have a 16 year old girl inside of his body uh so i thought it was really funny uh vince vaughn was great and uh yeah i know this movie is just it's it's nuts (laughs) it's very nuts i liked it more than both the happy death day movies but i also like wasn't i wasn't as huge of a fan of either of those movies as a lot of people i really liked happy death day like for what it was uh but after watching freaky the only thing is i want to see christopher landon take on something else because 
these three movies have so much in common, like with the the style of like the humor and the just the whole genre blending of, you know, the oh you know, happy death day is like Groundhog Day meets a slasher. And then Freaky is like, oh, it's Freaky Friday, but he's a serial killer or a, so like a, a famous slasher or something like that. And I don't know, I as much as I have enjoyed those, I don't want to see him keep doing these tricks. Um, but yeah, I, I think Freaky was actually a surprise of the year. Uh, you can rent it online now. So how does uh, how does the comedy hit in it? Like, is it is it does it work? Oh, I think it works very well. Like, especially there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, for the snowflakes out there, <laughs> people who like complain about like teen woke culture and stuff like that. Right. I think that the woke comments in this movie really work. And I actually think that okay. the char- the characters who are delivering that are some of my favorite characters in the whole movie. Like there, it's her, like the the friends that have to hang out with Vince Vaughn while they're trying to get her bo- his body back, her body back. Those friends are actually really funny, and uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was really good. Me and Courtney both really enjoyed it. So cool. That was no, super I've, fun. I've seen this movie get a lot of love, so now I might have to check it out. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else? I couldn't watch a single thing after Better Watch Out, so oh I'm I am. I am boozy. I'm out. I got lots. Hey, boozy, take it away. Are you ready? Ready. Also, I was just looking here. The uh, about freaky. It was inspired by Scream and Cherry Falls, which makes me more interested in wanting to watch it. Oh, boozy, you you will like freaky. Um, But I did not know that those were the two things that he pulled in inspiration from. Yeah, almost makes no sense. But uh, yeah, they're they're good. Their bills are both great movies. I think I read somewhere it. that he was going to try to name it Freaky Friday the 13th, but he yeah. wasn't allowed to. Yeah, that was I the original. Why. Well, that was the original. <laughs> that was the original tagline. And then, yeah, the whole uh, right, law right. debacle behind Friday the 13th. Uh, okay, so, Boozy, what did you check out? Uh, I checked out My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Oh, baby. Oh, oh baby. What a great movie. So tense. I know we just recently had the director and cinematographer on. Yes. For people I just wanted... who haven't heard that episode. Yeah. So if you want it's to go a great back. One. Uh, but yeah, so like, I didn't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I thought it was really amazing. It was a nice family drama. Not nice. But, but like it was <laughs> it was a it was a great family drama. And it was the tension was built in there really well. And I think with a story that's so small like that, if you don't have. A believable group of people doing that it's not effective and i think it is really well done and like you had said in the interview the uh the youngest guy looks a lot like macaulay culkin he, he looks kind of like rory culkin and macaulay rory culkin. culkin yeah he's like yeah. one of the culkins i actually thought it was one of the culkins the entire time yeah yeah also, he's got the that build up to the ending and that whole like tension and all of the what would I describe that as? All the decision making that happens at the end is so fun and like palpable to watch happen. Yeah, it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm happy you liked it. Yeah, it's it's such a great movie. I can't movie. wait for a lot more people to see it. Yeah, it's going to be, I think this one's going to be on a lot of people's list next year because they'll be able to see it next year. Yeah, I've uh, heard so much about it at this point. I just need to watch it. I, yeah, this this sounds like a good one. Hell yeah. Cool. So that was My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. That's uh, four episodes in a row that movie's been brought up. So you guys should have that cemented in your brains now and know that you, that's one to look forward to. Um, all right, so moving on, I got a couple more. I'm just going to like, – I'm not going to spend time on it, but I did watch all of History of Horror Season 2, which is on Shudder now. And okay. uh, I really liked the first season, but I didn't feel like I – like 
you know, I'm one of those fucking neckbeards who hosts a podcast. So I kind of like, how much am I going to learn from those types of documentary filmmaking? Uh, it's more so just if it's entertaining for me to watch. And I did find the first season entertaining, but I feel like they really upped their game in season two. Uh, I think that the, even the production and like the guests that they're getting in on this thing, it's a, uh, it's really, really good. I, I very much enjoyed it. Courtney is not into any type of filmmaking. Like it doesn't, she's, one of those people that she likes to go to the movies and live in the movie and then not think about how it's made. She's not one of those people who's passionate about those things. But I started watching the first episode with her on Saturday, last Saturday morning, and we ended up watching like five of them together. So even if you're not a fan or generally interested in this kind of stuff, I highly recommend checking it out. If you have a Shutter subscription, uh, go through it. It's awesome. Uh, tagging on with that, I will talk about Spontaneous. Oh, you guys cool. heard about spontaneous? I have, I have heard about this. What, how is it? How is it? Did you dig it? Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna just kind of give a loose synopsis, but it's um, it's a coming of age film where people are spontaneously combusting throughout. It's a teenage drama comedy horror that is loaded with blood. There is this movie is. Like when you think about when someone spontaneously combusts, like it's, it's not just they disappear, there's blood everywhere. So people are at school and they'll be walking around and then someone will explode and everyone's covered in blood and everyone runs into a panic. So it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really funny, but the director, Brian Duffield, this was, I believe this was his first directorial date. I think that, yeah, this was his first feature. Um, but you may know him as the writer of a film that came out this year called underwater oh interesting so writer of underwater writer of the babysitter the original one and uh he also did the divergent series insurgent i don't i don't know that one uh, shout but out. yeah shout out that shit's fire <laughs> but either way i really liked i really liked the baby the first babysitter and underwater is great so um spontaneous underwater ones. is great actually yeah, yeah. there you cool. go but, Kyle. but yeah this one's starring charlie Pl like the only okay so i'll just get into my thoughts on this thing the only thing that I there's a, a lot of things I didn't that didn't click with me for this one. And I think I just maybe need to give it another watch. But um, Charlie Plummer, are you guys familiar with him? I don't think so. I'm going to actually look what else he's in, because I know I've seen him in some. <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's in the Clove Hitch Killer. Uh, OK. Which was okay. A really cool movie. Well, that was a very familiar. cool movie. Yeah, and then Catherine Langford plays, she's the Hannah Baker from the original season of 13 Reasons Why. She's the one who offs herself. Um, but Spoilers. she's also in Knives Out. And, uh, but yeah, this is it's one of those movies that uh, I think a lot of people are really enjoying it because it's so crazy and it's so quirky and fun. I can understand the fun element. For me, the fun got sucked out of the room every time there's like a six minute music video of just like this Catherine Langford walking around looking sad. Like, man, there's like six times in this movie where they play an entire song from start to finish. I was like, are, do you want to make a music video or are you trying to make a movie? Like, it, but it wouldn't be that bad if it was just, you know, once or twice. But God, it got so irritating for me because I was really liking the movie. And then these fucking scenes, I'm like, what are you like? I. I didn't understand because I'm like, yes, we get it. You like she's brooding and she's sad and like her friends are exploding. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> I, I don't understand that the, the, the tone is so all over the place. Like it's it's he wanted to show that he's like, hey, just, so you know, I am, I am good with a camera. I can do some cool things with the camera. I'm not just a funny guy or whatever. Like that's just kind of how it felt for me. And I it got really annoying. Like it, it pulled me out. 
so much so that by the end of this thing, I was just, I was pretty over it. Um, I do think like the whole spontaneous combustion joke wears off as well. Uh, but that's just my opinion that nobody asked for, because I know a lot of people really love this movie. And, uh, I definitely think it's one that you should, if you sound it, if it sounds interesting to you at all, check it out. Uh, brand new. Uh, I, I, it's also annoying that Catherine Langford, like she's really good in this movie. It's interesting. I don't know. Like, I think the concept is pretty funny. I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, unique concept to be honest. At least, I don't know. I've never heard a film really tackle no, it, <laughs> I guess, it definitely a coming is. of age story in this way. But I could also yeah. see where, like, you know, movies like this are, like, you can kind of get one of two things. You might get something that's, like, a little, like, pretty clever, I guess. And maybe it is to some extent. Or I could, like, from what you're describing with, like, the music video, like, <laughs> aspect, that makes a lot of sense. That actually makes almost too mm-hmm. much sense. So, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I like, I don't know. It just, it didn't entirely work for me. But once again, Catherine Langford is really great in the role. I think she's probably the highlight of the movie for me but uh it's a shame that she's already done this exact role in 13 reasons why like she's narrating the whole thing and doing her whole Catherine. Le- i don't know it's, it just feels a little fresh from the whole 13 reasons why i think even though you know what i shouldn't have been watching that show to begin with so <laughs> i watched the whole first season. maybe that's your bad <laughs> yeah maybe it's my bad that i watched all of 13 reasons why season one <laughs> i've never seen the show so maybe it maybe i'll yeah, like spontaneous part. more i don't know no, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think uh, both of you guys should check it out because I could see both of you guys really enjoying this one. I, Man, I liked it. Like, give me like, don't do not get me wrong. I gave it a three out of five on Letterbox. Like, it's it's right. a it's decent. I'll probably watch it again at some point. Um, but I just uh, I got a little annoyed with the energy, and I just thought like it's like an hour and forty eight minutes or something like that. Oh, take take yeah, but no, come on, take out <laughs> that is take long. Out, that's take long out, for this kind of movie. <laughs> take out two or three of those music videos, and we got a, We got ourselves a movie. Right. We got Man, a tight char- little movie. A little less combustion. This Charlie yeah. Plummer guy looks so familiar. He looks like some, another actor, but I can't put my fucking finger on it. I know anyway. what you mean, because I was trying to think of it as well. But uh, Oh, yeah, I, oh I know what he looks like. He looks like the guy who plays Sid on the U.S. version of Skins, and I won't go into any Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that one, so I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, anyway. All right, so yeah, that was uh, Spontaneous. Boozy, do you got anything else? I have one more thing. And I, I know I'd messaged you all about it the other day, and I'm really late to the party on it. But I finally finished uh, the TV miniseries The Jinx. Oh, yes. The the Lives and Deaths of Robert Durst. Robert Durst, which is the second probably, best. Yeah, the second best. Durst. <laughs> well, I don't think he's second wow. best. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. He's, he's got to be a lot lower. The but, second uh, most relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What no, uh, honestly, TV series. Kyle, yeah, it's you fucking watch crazy. This if you like true crime at all? Yeah, man. I saw you. Did you put the, is this the show on Letterbox? You're putting, giving some big love to. Am I crazy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're if you're out there and you're hearing about the Jinx for the first time and you haven't seen it, like that, yeah, that's like must see TV. Yeah, no, and I, I I don't know how I'd never heard of it. I've well, never dude, heard about it until right now. This is my I first watched time. I watched that show week to week when it was coming out because it's so like it's so this lucky. guy. This guy who's been, you know, accused of killing all these different people and they're talking to him and he's in the he's in the whole documentary series from start to finish talking to the filmmakers, like pleading his case as to why he's not a murderer. And it has the maybe the craziest ending, the the craziest final 10 minutes of a TV series ever. Definitely out of a documentary series. Definitely out of a documentary series. It's the craziest 10, 10 minutes ever. Uh, it changed it changed 
the world in a sense, like in what how what documentary filmmaking can do wow. in this day and age. It's very interesting. Yeah, and and I think it's a testament to the fact that I just found out about this show that came out in 2015 now, and it was just as impactful for me watching it now. Totally. That's that's good. Like it, it's so well done. Yeah. And I think the the craziest part, like Mitch had mentioned, is you don't see TV shows or anything like this where you're actually getting to sit and listen to the dude defend himself. <laughs> you know, like it's I see, such I a see. fucking it's, idiot. <laughs> He, he is a fucking moron, but it, it is. There are certain points in some of the shit he says where it's kind of like watching this dude who's like a legit monster just talk and you're you're scared for everyone around him. Yeah, no, very true. It's like, thank God you filmed all this in a public place. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. I would totally recommend if you're in a true crime, great TV show. Okay. Yeah, and cool. I think that is on Crave right now. So if you have Crave, you can check out the Jinx. I'm pretty sure that's where it is. But you can also rent it on Apple, I believe, too. Cool. Sweet, sweet. All right. So the last movie that I checked out is called Hunter Hunter from 2020. This is a brand new movie. Just came out on December 18th. Um, the synopsis is Joseph and his family live in a re- live in the remote wilderness as fur trappers, but their tranquility is threatened when they think they are being hunted by the return of a rogue wolf. And Joseph leaves leaves them behind to track it. Uh, so it's a very isolated film. Boozy, you you did you saw this one as well, hey? Yeah, sorry, I was waiting for you to finish it. I've also watched this. Yeah, so this this is a good way to end off, is that we can just each talk about this one. But um, yeah, so it's starring Devin Sawa, Nick Devin Sawa, who you know from you know all your girlfriend's dreams, and right. uh, then we then we got Nick Nick Stahl, who uh, oh yeah, d- shout out Little Giants for Devin Sawa. That was a great film. Uh, Nick Stahl, who is in Terminator Three. And Bully, oh, the Larry Clark, the Larry Clark movie. Kyle, have you seen Bully? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Is that? It's a Larry no, I've Clark never. Movie. No, I've I've heard of this, but I've, I mean, I've played the game, but uh, no, I've never seen the film. <laughs> no, yeah, and it's not the documentary Bully that I saw. That's at the also game. what I was thinking about, which I've seen. <laughs> no, no, I've, but, I've actually never seen this, but it's a Larry Clark film. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's his best movie. I what? Would say. Yeah, I, I like. I think it's it's so good. I love Bully. Um, but anyway, oh, you've seen kids. Yeah, but kids is fucked. Like, Dude, that's just fire, though. <sighs> okay, Ken so, Park. Anyway, yes. Okay. So this movie, like the sport of hunting, this film requires patience. Oh, it's a yeah. slow hunt. It's a slow hunt, and this surely won't be what won't be for those people who need a payoff at every corner. But by the closing credits of this movie. It reveals itself to be for sure the most brutal thing I've seen all year and uh, the most grotesque ending and image of the year for sure. Like this, the final 10 minutes of this movie, man. Holy fuck. Uh, The movie itself is good. It's a very good slow build, uh, slow burner. I was trying to decide for the first little bit if I am if I like old grizzled, uh, you know, rugged Devin Sawa. And the answer is yes, I do. Yes, I, I think I'm ready. I do too. Ready for Devin Sawa to come back. I uh, love his Twitter handle. We were talking about that off air, but his tw- his Twitter is hilarious. And yeah. uh, I just I've always liked Devin Sawa. Like Idle Hands was such a big movie for me. Final Destination, Casper, Little Giants. Like I said, now and then. Um, but yeah, like the the movie itself is man. This is one for it, people who um, you need a little jolt or you need uh, you just need to maybe not sleep that much over the next couple of days. Check out Hunter Hunter. You ever need less sleep? Now this is one for you. I, 
I'm not going to take credit for this because I saw somebody else compare it to, but um, it is kind of like a quiet place in a weird way. It it does feel like it hits similar beats. And yeah. it, I, there are certain points in the movie, I, I will give it a ton of credit, there are certain points in the movie where I was like kind of closing my eyes because it was a very tense... There are some very good tense scenes in this movie. Yeah. And it's a very interesting story. Yeah, and it's uh, it's one of those ones that it's it's nice, but it's it's like another movie that we talked about this year that I'm not going to name. Um, you, you, some people might have a problem going in thinking that it's something that it's not. Yeah. I personally love that. I love being surprised and not knowing where a story's going. And there is no way I could have called like I I called a couple parts of the story of where like what was happening, but the ending like <laughs> there's no way, no uh, way, <laughs> there's no way you could call that. I, I can't help but laugh at how fucking crazy it was. It was it was disgusting. Um, but yeah, if I I'd say check it out for that reason and that reason only. Like it's it's just a wild ass movie. You liked it though, Boozy. Yes, I, I thought it was it was very good. It was brutal. I, I don't think I, I think it, there are if, if certain people who would maybe would only watch more of the like Happy Death Day kind of movies. That's yeah, not which, for you. Definitely not. I think those are kind of more like bubbly, fun horror movies. Where this one's pretty fucking dark. It's extremely nihilistic. Extremely. Yes. So yeah, that is Hunter Hunter. Uh, I still I give it a recommend. Um, Courtney fucking loved it. Like she, it's like one of her I favorite. I saw movies that she really year. liked it. Yeah, she but gave like, it like a four the, and a half. The way the movie ended and then the cred the credits. There's no music. It's just crickets and just oh, man. black screen. Yeah. And it yeah. really makes you sit in that. Like I I actually sat through a lot of the credits just being like, what did I just watch? <laughs> man, <laughs> I've been so eager to hear what you thought of that ending. <laughs> but I will agree. I like it. It kind of felt like it was, uh, maybe that's just me, but it did feel like it was a couple different movies wrapped into one, which was totally fine. And I enjoyed each wrote it went down. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you there. Oh, yeah, it's uh, all very well done. Yeah. Um, all right, well, you guys, let's get on to Misery. But before we get on to Misery, I just want to give a quick shout out to a movie that is not a horror movie. Let's get on to Have you guys seen Bad Santa too? Oh, no. No, <laughs> I've not, not. Have you guys seen Bad Santa? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Bad Santa. It's been a while, but yes, yeah, I've seen it. People have been telling me for years that Bad Santa 2 is, like, unwatchable, and that it's a terrible movie. You guys, this movie is a fucking comedy masterpiece. Like, I I love... Uh I've I've seen Bad Santa 2 four times now. It is so funny, and the reason why I'm bringing it up right now, right before we go into Misery... Four times. times. Yes, I've seen it four times now. I watched it twice this week, I swear to God. Okay, I okay. actually did it twice this week, and then last year I watched it as well. Um, Bad, but Bad Santa stars Kathy Bates as Kathy Bates plays Billy Bob Thornton's mom. Okay, and okay. like if you've seen Bad Santa, you know like who could have raised this fucking piece of shit? Uh, Kathy Bates could, and it's so amazing how Kathy Bates managed to find her way to like outdo she and out cruel Billy Bob Thornton. Like she says some of the most heinous things. I have ever heard be put to screen. And as a, as someone who's like, I love offensive humor when it's done right. Like, and when Kathy Bates is saying the craziest things you've heard, it, it just works so well. If you haven't seen bad Santa too, and you like the first one, do not listen to those people who say it's shit. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, I've honestly grown to like it just as much as the first one. So uh, yeah, but that, with that being said, we can go into misery starring Kathy, hey, Kathy Bates. <laughs> 
I did a Kathy Bates double feature. That you there did. You of misery you and Bad Santa 2. I'll probably check out Bad Santa 2. It kind of sounds up my alley. I'm not going to. I, uh, <laughs> I think Kyle's going to be like, yo, I have a very serious problem. This movie is dangerous. Bad Santa 2 <laughs> is dangerous. Who knows? That Maybe I will. No, also, but it, I just want to say, have you guys not watched Mom yet? Because I have had people message me that they did go to Jimmy and watch Mom, and they liked it. Really? Yeah. Name one. Rick. Rick Hill? Yeah. Hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, no, I we haven't watched Mom yet, but we will check that out. I've kind of put Mom out of my memory, I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> maybe I will peep game. I yeah. might peep game. Okay, All right. No. Well, we'll be right back. Uh, talk to... T- uh, wow. Wow. We'll be right back after a quick break to talk about misery. You almost died. You have a compound fracture of the tibia in both legs and the fibula in the right leg is fractured too. And as soon as the roads open, I'll take you to a hospital. Meantime, you've got a lot of recovering to do. There is nothing to worry about. You're going to be just fine. I'm your number one fan. My name is Annie Wilkes. I think one of my clients, Paul Sheldon, might be in some kind of trouble. You mean Paul Sheldon, the writer? Well, everybody sure likes those misery books. They had it at the store, Paul. They said he checked out last Tuesday. Isn't that a little strange? I guess it was kind of a miracle you finding me. In a way, I was following you. You were following me? Oh, Paul, I've read everything of yours, but the misery novels. You must be a good man. You could never have created such a wondrous, loving creature as Misery Chastain. Very kind. The presumption must now be that Paul Sheldon is dead. You dirty bird. How could you? Misery Chastain cannot be dead. Misery Spirit is still alive. I don't want her spirit! I want her! And you murdered her! You don't think he's dead, do you? And don't even think about anybody coming for you, because I never called them. Nobody knows you're here. And you better hope nothing happens to me. Because if I die, you die. I know you've been out. Is this what you're looking for? Eventually, you'll come to accept the idea of being here. Annie. Whatever you think I'm not doing, please don't do it. Any for God's. Shh, darling. Trust me. God's sake. It's for the best. God, I love you. Words. Your fucking juicy ass gets stuck in my head all the time. So <laughs> I don't know how you feel. Dude, she's kind of going. She's kind of um, disappearing slightly. Your boy's mm-hmm. been hitting the, the treadmill. Hella, you need to start hitting the stairmaster, my friend. Yeah, cake it Get up. that booty plump. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll hit the stairmaster. Your boy. Welcome your boys to our lost... main feature presentation, in which we are talking about Misery from 1990, which was directed by Rob Reiner, and it was based off the the novel Misery by Stephen King, and was adapted by William Goldman, who did the screenplay. Uh, the story of it is after a famous author is rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realize that the care he is receiving is only the beginning of a nightmare of captivity and abuse. So judging by that synopsis, you'd understand why we chose to talk about this on Christmas. It's a happy Christmas time. It's a good, fun Christmas movie, light hearted, light spirited. 
Um, I've talked about this movie a bunch of times on the show before. So before we even get into my thoughts or anything, I want to know where you guys are at in, in terms of misery. Have you guys seen this before? Who wants to go first? Yeah, this is my first time seeing it all the way through. Awesome. First time for Boozy. What about you, Kyle? This is my first time seeing it in general, really. I'm very familiar with the movie, but I've, I've never watched it. Wow. Wow. All right. So we got lots to talk about. Um, the film stars James Caan playing uh, Paul Sheldon, and we also have Kathy Bates playing the infamous Annie Wilkes. Uh, so I think we can just, like, how how I have this thing, like, Misery is such a big movie for me. I, I, I've i talked about this many times on the show before. I, I love this movie, and um, how to go about talking about it is a little bit lost beyond me, because uh, I have everything broken down as, like, I could talk about Kathy Bates and I could talk about Paul, then uh, James Caan, or I could talk about Rob Reiner. Um, I guess actually that let's start off with Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner, uh, he, the director, you may know him from films like Dickie Roberts, former child star. Thank you. Thank I'm you. so happy you brought that up. Did you, do you remember that? Cause I know you were a Dickie Roberts alumni as well, Kyle. Do you remember all the Dickie Rob Roberts. Reiner stuff? <laughs> Remember, he just wants to get another movie made, and Rob Reiner's making it. Yes, 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 yes of course. Um, yeah, so what is it? Uh, real real pain for my uh, paint. What is it? Fuck, what's the line? It's a Fall Boy song. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Either way, uh, Rob Reiner, was the, he's the director of This Is Spinal Tap, The Princess Bride, Stand By Me, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, and A Few Good Men, just to name a few. And The that Bucket is, List. That is an insane run. He did The Bucket List? He sure did. I didn't know that, but when I saw that movie 10 years ago, I thought it was charming. <laughs> That's the one with Rob the two old guys. That's yeah, the no, Morgan it's, Freeman it's and Jack Nicholson. It's a charming film. Man, yeah. what, a, what a fucking filmography, honestly. This guy's Man, made a lot of bangers. Those are heavy hitters. Look, look at that run. This is Spinal yeah. Tap, The Princess Bride, Stand By Me, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, and A Few Good Men. That's an insane yeah. run. And that's even considering how big of a piece of shit The Princess Bride is. Wow, interesting take. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to trigger all the neckbeards out there going, um, I, hate, I don't like The Princess Bride. Let me make one thing fucking clear. I do not fuck with The Princess Bride. What's wrong with The Princess I don't, Bride? I don't it's just extremely love, overrated. I would probably agree with that, to be honest, but I don't. I, I still think not, it's a good movie. It's yeah, a good see, movie. I, I, I won't even say it's a good movie just because I don't get any enjoyment out of it. But that, that's one of those movies that Jesus. I saw it when I was a kid, too. And everyone's like... I know so many people who are in love with that movie. I'm like, you guys. I used to get that movie confused with Never Ending Story. Is that fucked up? <laughs> and I used to get that movie confused with The Secret Garden. Do you remember The Secret oh, Garden? Oh, I know. I've never seen that, but I know you're talking yeah. about. No. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah also, kind of Rob... think it, it's funny when you're talking about his filmography there. Do you? I was thinking this while watching Misery. Do you think this is kind of like the last 80s movie? Like I know it came out in 1990, but it kind of feels like the last like big 80s movie in some ways. Is it because they were watching TV and they just had the big mullet hanging out there? That's part of it for sure. Definitely adds. <laughs> to be but honest, I, 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 I got that I think, I think that this, like, I have a different take on it. I, I think that this is like one of the movies that, you know, obviously it ushered in a different style for the 90s. Um, but this isn't your generic, it's, it's not a generic horror movie or thriller. No. It's, no, it's so different from, from all those things. And, um, yeah, it tackles a lot of like really interesting topics like, you know, toxic fandom, which is something that you look at a movie like this, like there, there's never been a better time to remake Misery. I'm not saying remake Misery, but I'm saying that <laughs> well, it's, totally okay with that. It's our, very world of, 
our world of toxic ass fandom and like all the Star Wars stuff and you know I know Kyle gets really defensive about Pokemon so do I (laughs) (laughs) man we've already had swim fans so we're halfway there yes yeah correct Um, Courtney will appreciate that swim fan reference but Rob Reiner is also an actor. He, uh, which I includes, guess. he has 77 acting credits and Dickie Roberts being one of them. Um, but he was also Thank in a hundred. Yes. He was in a 187 episodes of all in the family. He was in mixed nuts and ed TV. And one of my personal favorite roles that he has played, uh, he played Max Belfort, who's Jordan Belfort's father in the Wolf yeah. of wall street. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Was, that was a good role. I was going to say outside of that last one, I hadn't seen any of that. I've seen uh, All in the Family. I've seen him on All the Family. That's yeah, I saw a lot of All in the Family growing up. That's one of those things I'm like, I'm worried to ever watch another episode because I know that it's going to be like yeah. awful. Because <laughs> I know that category. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty uh, politically incorrect. But um, yeah, and then I don't the know. The music, the, the person doing the music, Mark Scheiman. Holy man, this guy has a track record that's nuts. <laughs> City what Slickers, oh, The Adams yeah. Family, Adams Family uh, 2. Values? Sister yeah, Act 2, George of the Jungle, all... and South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. This guy's a fucking ma- this guy's a master. Yeah, those are all great things. Those are all great. <laughs> N- none of which really feel like the score to Misery, to be honest. Well, actually, kind of. There's parts that are a bit, like, whimsical in a weird way. But I actually really like the score in this movie. I thought it was cool. Especially yeah. the beginning. The, the, the opening, the music is so jarring. I love it. It is very jarring. It's very strange. I'm just going to get all the facts out of the way so we can just fully open up the conversation on this thing. But Stephen King was like notoriously very protective of this story in particular at the time. Uh, I know he's kind of been known to be that way about a lot. Like he's always, oh, this is my favorite book. Or, Doesn't this he always say that? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he, so, but this was, you know, it was a different time. This was, they would have been trying to adapt it around, you know, 88, 89. Um, but fun fact, Castle Rock Entertainment is Rob Reiner's production company. Uh, which is really? it was named after the town and stand by me which he directed which is also you know known as the stephen king extended universe <laughs> castle rock right um do you guys remember like because i i remember seeing castle rock entertainment sure. on so many things Definitely. yeah but but the only way that uh stephen king would sign off on a film adaptation of misery is if rob reiner directed it after seeing what he did with stand by me uh which is also known as the body but king was like he was I such didn't a big fan. That this of... came out in 1987. Like that's pretty. That's actually no. pretty soon. Like the, oh, the, the novel. Book, the book. Yeah, the, the novel. novel. Yeah. For some yeah. reason, I thought it was an earlier work. If this, for some reason, that's cool. Well, I do believe this. I could be wrong about, but I think this was supposed to be a Bachman book. This was supposed to be one of like one of his books mm-hmm. that he released through the pseudonym of Richard Bachman. Right, uh, right. But then he ended up being outed. Like people found out who he was, and he's like, "Well, what's the fun in that?" So he just released it as a Stephen King novel. <laughs> but this was also one of the this was one of the first Stephen King novels I ever read, and I will say right now that this is my favorite Stephen King adaptation. Like the, out of everything that uh, has his name attached to it, this is I think the most successful. Even though it does change, I like I read the book when I was way too young. Like I was like I had to have been you know between the ages of ten and fourteen because I was in elementary school when I was reading Misery. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, I found it. <laughs> But it I kept my att- that, let's be honest. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It kept my attention the whole time. And um, it's one of those it's one of those ones that like when I saw the movie, 
I think it's debatably just as good as the book and they make a lot of different, they make some like pretty big changes to the, to the movie rather than like what they did in the book, but it's all still at its core, the same visceral feeling that you get from reading the book that they conveyed on screen. Um, but yeah, so this is one that I've been, I've been wanting to do an episode on this forever, but I always feel like I'm not ready for it. Cause I feel like it deserves a very good episode. So I'm going to pass that off to you guys. So you guys make a good episode uh, out of this. I have a question before you you pass it over to us. Um, where are the aliens within the book and or movie? Where is the tie into space? They have to be somewhere. See, that's the thing is that this is one of those. This is one of the unique Stephen King stories that he also like. He's been he's nobody has superpowers in this. It's no, it's frustrating. But I was waiting. Yeah, and like while he was watching or while while they were making this movie, they still just like I think everyone it's safe to assume that this is about the toxic fans that Stephen King has had to deal with himself, you know, people telling him how to write his books, people telling him how to live his life. And uh but he came out years later saying that uh Annie Wilkes is a personification of his drug addiction. And oh, wow. you know, so that that's another cool way to look at it. Um, and he has also said that this is like Annie Wilkes is his favorite character that he's ever written. And I would agree with that because for different reasons, he just thought that she was always surprising and fun to write because he never knew where he was going to go with her because she's such a loose cannon like that. She's one of the most. This is another one that I almost would have loved to have Cassie on for uh, who is talking with us about hereditary because this movie's filled to, to the brim with mental health uh, like topics and issues at the forefront and right. seeing how they deal about it on screen. And I think that this is obviously, this is a much more respectful version of mental illness depicted on screen as opposed to something like Science of the Lambs where you have a transgender person dancing around with his dick tucked. Um, granted, love that movie, love that, like, love that scene, but it's, I can understand how that's harmful for some people who view that as a mental illness because, you know, being transgender isn't a mental illness. But being psychotic and being manic and being obsessive, all of that is like she she's the personification of so many different mental illnesses. And you can just tell that they put a lot of work into that character. And I think it all pays off so well because the movie for me is so effective till this day. I just rewatched it again. This is a movie that like for the first the first time I saw it would have been around after I read that book when I was a kid. And it scared me, but in a way that I wasn't scared before. And it, it scared me in a sense that it just startled me and really it made me terrified of what humans can be capable of. And, right. you know, this is it's not even this isn't the most grotesque movie out there. Like I've talked about much, much worse on this episode alone. But it's the way that that violence is depicted in this movie and how hopeless you feel with james con the entire time i also i think james con was an incredible cast for this movie oh my god and he yeah. was like the 30th pick do you guys want to hear the list of people who are supposed to play that character <laughs> I, I saw a few i was reading a few J uh, jack nicholson was definitely one of them yeah warren warren Beatty, robert de niro michael douglas richard dreyfus harrison ford morgan freeman mel gibson gene hackman <laughs> dustin hoffman william hurt was offered this twice Kevin Klein was offered it. Al Pacino, Robert Redford, Denzel Washington, and Bruce Willis. They all declined that Bruce role. Bruce Willis. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. I guess Willis yeah. ended up playing. He ended up playing uh, Paul Sheldon in a like Broadway version of Misery. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Yeah, but Didn't like, they make they made a they made a show with um what was it like is it Annie Castle Wilkes. Rock? 
Yeah, it's Castle Rock season two. It's funny because I still haven't seen that season, which apparently season two is because it's another one of those things where it pisses me off. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the first season of Castle Rock. I thought it was all right. Um, But I I didn't even start the second season because it was canceled after two seasons. And I'm like, well, what's the point of watching? Like, it's kind of like when they, they canceled Swamp Thing before it even aired. Like, it's like, why would anyone right. start? Why would someone start watching this if they know it's going to we're not going to have an ending? Swamp Thing starring Virginia Madsen of uh, Better Watch Out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good tie in, Kyle. Well, yeah. So Syner- I've already, synergy. I've already spoken a lot. I want to hear what you got. Boozy, what did you think about Misery? This is your first time watching it. Uh, like, was it a did it click for you? What, what are your thoughts? You know what? I as soon as I finished it, I had to think about it a little bit because I did feel like certain parts didn't click for me. And maybe that's because it's an older film at this point. I don't know. It just I actually did really like a lot of the psychology of it. But there there are certain points where I wanted more from uh, some of the characters. I wanted I wanted like more to happen, I guess. I, I di- wasn't big on the montage, maybe. Oh, really? Like, yeah. In, like when he's writing, like, yeah. f- like for a long period of time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I loved that montage. Yeah, like I, I liked it because I felt like it was necessary. Cause <laughs> Why they, didn't you yeah. like it? I'm curious. I just, I just felt like it, it didn't give me enough to deal with, like where their relationship was at. It just showed that he wrote a lot. It didn't like really explained to me how their relationship progressed in that time right okay i could see that that's fair and i I guess go ahead mitch because that's what the that's what this movie relies maybe that's just me being nitpicky but it was just like it it, this movie relies so much on those characters relationships right where Mm -hmm. that was the only part of the movie where their relationship didn't progress just the timeline did and for a film that relies entirely on this like not a stockholm syndrome but this you know what i mean this kind of like uh, the dynamic of that yeah that that dynamic system. you need you need to show what what that relationship has changed right yeah and i i think that maybe <clears throat> that's not to, this isn't to say that your opinion of that isn't valid at all because that's totally right. fair um but like i think maybe on a rewatch you might feel a little bit different about it because i, I, I can't understand that's even a huge issue that's just kind of me bringing like a fresh opinion i guess yeah yeah, no, and because I, I do think, because I've seen the movie multiple times now at this point, and one of the things is that you see her, like, you you do see them progress during those scenes because he's right. handing off the pages to her, and right. he's making it, she's reading it, and she's getting what she wants, and then he also holds the power entirely in his hands by the end of it, when he's right. holding that, that wad of paper of everything that That's he wrote. Sick. So, um like that, I, I could understand how that could be something that might be a little muddled for you, but uh, it might it might change on uh, repeat viewings. It might not. But no, did you like? I, did you guys like this movie? Oh yeah, I liked it a lot, and I think Kathy Bates is amazing. Oh, she's and I, so good. And it's funny is I know her more as like uh, from like The Office than I do from Misery. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's true. Or Bobby Bobby Boucher's mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I know her more as mom. a kind character, so it's funny seeing her as this like. Just unhinged monster, or yeah. maybe as the squirrel lady, an uncredited cameo from Rat Race. That one, right, a, right. I haven't yes, seen that one in a while. Though, yeah, that's a fresh one there. <laughs> well, I, I Rat Race this was my first time watching it, and like I said, I'm pretty familiar with it 
because it was one of those TBS films where like there was a highly like edited version of it on TBS right. and I would see like I don't know maybe like 10 minutes of it or something like that and then also there's like a pretty I correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure there's like a Sideshow Bob episode of The Simpsons that yes. kind of yes. does there's this 100%. story so I'm I don't like, remember that one I, I could be wrong I, am I making this up Boozy is that correct no there's definitely a Simpsons okay. episode that does misery Okay, cool. So, like I said, like I'm familiar with with the story or like what the movie is, um, and so I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, I guess. But man, did I ever have a fucking blast watching this movie? Like, I loved this movie. It felt, and what's funny, Boozy, I, like I'm like uh, uh, the the kind of montage you were talking about for me when I was watching that, I made note of it because that was actually the part of the film that really made me feel quite comfortable with what was happening. It kind of felt like cozy and homey. Right. Um, with like in this like isolation, I guess. Um, and I guess for me, like I definitely see what you're talking about where it's like, okay, like I want to see these two progress into madness or something or like, where is this going? I think that's, that's really valid. Um, but what I did like about the movie was just how it kind of paced out these things. It kind of felt like, like I got major like Fargo vibes for sure yeah. watching this. Right. Um, also kind of like uh, the Shining vibes to some extent a, a little bit. Um, totally. You can tell it's the same writer. Yeah, absolutely. And like that, that's that is the complaint about that is not a complaint, but a thing about that as well. Go on, Kyle. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's just that kind of like general feeling that made like this whole film feel really like familiar, even though I had never seen it before and not in like a way that like, Oh, I know what's going to happen. Like I've seen this shit before, not in that kind of way, but it felt like it felt kind of cozy to watch. Like I had right. a really, really great time watching it. Like, uh, it's, it's like the kind of movie I'd put out with like my father or something like Dude, that. Like, a, this is like, it's, it's a, a comfort. It, it's a comfort movie for me. So I know what you mean, <laughs> which is weird though, because at the same time it is quite, uh, you <laughs> know, grotesque in a lot of ways but yeah like like you guys have already said like kathy bates just gives a fucking knockout performance like she goes off in this movie yeah. it is insane although i do have a theory do you guys think that 2003's elf is actually a sequel to misery <laughs> oh man there have been a lot of people who have made this this comparison okay been, but i i yeah. mean i knew i couldn't be the only person because because doesn't doesn't james con write children's books sure yeah there does. you go <laughs> yeah, I've heard there. I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video about this that well, it's just like James Caan is playing Paul Sheldon and Elf. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's like hilarious. I had the first thought I I wrote this down. I was like, man, do you guys ever just think of Elf every time you see James Caan? And I, then I, afterwards, I was I was like, wait a minute, he's a fucking writer in Elf. Is this like, is this just weird yeah. like manifestation? Like I don't know, dude. What's crazy um, is I saw Misery around the age that I saw Elf. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That, <laughs> so yeah, that, that was out. a weird time. That's a lot of. That's a lot of James Con for you. I don't know. Yeah. Like, this. This is the kind of like when you're bringing up how um, uh, Stephen King was saying how the character of Annie Wilkes is like his addiction. His was it drugs or alcohol or both or uh, everything? Because right, this was okay. this was when he was like he was very heavy into drugs at that point, and to the gotcha. point where it would leave him immobile. See, I like, I've read, I think I've seen other films or other I've read stuff of like I don't know, I guess like other artists struggling with that kind of shit, whether it's like musicians or painters or whatever. And like I kind of got it, I got like a weird hint of that watching this, and that makes a lot of sense now when you're like when you bring up that connection, like the fact of like, he's struggling to write his next great piece. And like, how's he going to do that? Or like, you know, 
he's not really totally okay with his career up until this point because he's making like schlock kind of or it's like work he's not super super proud of even though other people enjoy it which is great but you know it's not something he's like wants to be remembered by and like that kind of whole legacy idea haunts him that is like that's really really cool and like i think it's it's always really refreshing in a way to watch a movie that i know is like what 30 years old now but it still feels really fresh and to me that's just how i know this movie fucking works and yeah, yeah i was i was really happy to watch this it's been a it's been a movie i've been trying to watch for fucking 20 years basically <laughs> finally watched it and it's it's great yeah you know who's the most underrated character in this whole movie for me is oh I my god it, me, is it the, the sheriff's pig. wife oh, oh yeah it's gonna be the pig <laughs> Oh, the pig is also bad. When the pig showed up, it was over. I was like, I know, what that's is what I was this like, movie? This is going to be like Boozy, but instead of the pig, it's going to be a pet frog. He's got like, he's, he's got, like a whole frog. cage of frogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, that that old lady, she was just feisty. She also yeah, wanted to do it. Like, her joke's on point. Like, that's how you write comedy jokes. Like, that one <laughs> where she agree. was on the phone talking about how, like, Oh, uh, what's his name is calling to see why you're cheating on me or whatever. I was like, that's yeah. a great continuation of a joke line. And it's good, like small town talk too, but it's not like in your face about it. Like it's exactly. very like, that's, it was believable. Yeah. That was, that was great. Yeah. But also I hate that idea that anytime anyone goes to save anyone in a Stephen King thing, you're fucked. Whoever that character is, is instantly fucked. Yeah, that's just a that... horror trope to begin with, too. I know, but it was. I just wanted, like, I knew he was fucked. I just wanted, like, maybe something cool to happen. Or but like, he didn't fact, stand he... a chance. Or like how he, he would always bring a second person, but of course this time he didn't. Yeah, no, that kind of was annoying too. But I guess yeah, it just falls under like tropes that have yeah. been for around forever. How do you guys feel about the fact that if Annie Wilkes were alive today, she would be th- if she was thriving today, she'd be running a podcast. <laughs> Just like, can you imagine the Annie Wilkes podcast? <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, it would, it would I, be like that, or she would be like the admin for like the Reddit page. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. She would, I, she I, would I, be I the A24 fucking Facebook page, which I left finally. Thank you. Oh, I, right. That was, I finally that was, left. That was, that was apparently, that's problem. the most toxic place on the internet. Oh, it was so bad, man. So bad. But there, there was one thing that oh, I'm not even getting into it. But, anyways, the movie <laughs> itself funny, is just man. like. It's so carefully executed. It, this is like one of the best examples of how to rack up tension with not yes. a lot of with like yeah. not a lot of stuff uh, at your like, at your fingertips. Sorry. Well, yeah. Uh, well, there's not a lot of what's shit. in reach. Yeah, exactly. And but the thing is, that the movie ramps up into like one of the most visceral moments in horror history. In my mind, like I'm not sure. Did you guys know about the hobbling scene before? No, I did not know no. about that actually. No, okay. So no. yeah, like that's one thing they changed that in the book. Like in the book, she cuts his feet off. Ooh. Like she actually saws it off. And I think this is so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> like in my There's mind, There's something very fucked up about like just leaving them like that. Oh, it kind of yeah. reminded me actually of um audition. Like yeah. how she yeah. like sets up the contraption. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, love... I did not see that coming, man. And how she's explaining like what what like what hobbling is and why they would do it to people who worked in the mine and everything and it's just fucking crazy and like that's one of the most tense and even that's one of those moments that gets more tense when you when you know what's happening because it's actually yeah. like it's still even all these years later Greg Nicotero special effects for that scene of watching the foot fucking lunge over the 
the block. It's amazing. But also, like Kyle, you mentioned this already, but this movie was crazily played on TV. It was on TV yeah, just, all the time. And there's been Why is that a TV movie? This is so <laughs> dark for a TV movie. Have you guys seen Total Recall? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you just pretending, Kyle? <laughs> no, that's the one with the that's where he has the weird thing in his chest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what, yeah, I've the seen characters. that. Okay, I just rewatched it recently. It's a fucking masterpiece. Like that movie is so good. Um, and by rewatched it, I mean watched it for the first time because I only had watched chunks of it on like TBS and everything. But that's another one of those movies where it's like, how did they edit this down? And like, so Total Recall would just be a shit movie edited down. It wouldn't make as much sense. It wouldn't have been as effective. But Misery, you take away that scene. And what do you like? Of course, I'm not saying that that's all the movie is. But that's so much of the movie's effect is in that scene. So the amount of people who saw this movie said that they didn't like it or didn't understand it or, or even it just like wasn't that effective to them. They didn't even get to see like the most visceral parts of it. I think I think it's because like I could totally see that like whatever how it's getting programmed for TV back in the day, just like looking at the nice kind of like rural setting of the film and just like <laughs> pitching it as a whole different movie. It kind of makes sense. Like if you were to take out the kind of like sinister aspects of this movie, it is just kind of like a boring. Like, it's two I don't people know. bonding. It's yeah, two people being really nice to each other. <laughs> So yeah. that, that is kind of funny, Mitch, like to think back in that way. I think that's also why, like, I like for a while, especially when I was growing up, I didn't really like seek this movie out because I think the parts I saw of it, like, it's I it's a know, mature I, movie. They didn't this really is interest not, me yeah. at the time. It, did, it didn't. It didn't interest. I. That's why I think that if I hadn't have read that book when I was little, like, just be, and I read it because my sister had a copy of it and it was just in the house, and I like, I read it. And uh, that's like one of the only reasons why you would I would want to watch that movie. Why why would this appeal to a kid? There's nothing about misery that looks like it would no. appeal to a kid. It's Even I'm holding the, it's pretty adult, honestly. Yeah, and I'm I'm holding the the collector's edition from Scream Factory. They released a couple of years ago. Um, I I do want to shout out. Oh, do you yeah, like Pete. the cover? I think I like this the is, other one better. The one that's outside okay. with just the cabin. Yeah, me no, me too. This one right here. I think that that like oh, yeah. much that better. that's yeah. much better. The misery, the the alternative artwork is uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm not going to say it's their worst because that's Pet Cemetery too. But uh, this it's a little lackluster. It's like it's Kathy Bates. You're you looking at the back of her back and she's holding a sledgehammer, and I'm like I don't know. To me that's just not like I get it. Like that's what people think of when they think of misery is you think about the hobbling right. scene, but. If I would have seen it's that on direct. the cover as a kid, yeah, it's way too direct. I don't yeah. know. I'm not crazy about they it. Should have just put the fucking pig on the front. There's that some real, been but, that but in sick. the Courtney actually pointed it out. I know this is a podcast, but I am, and I'm talking about something visual right now. But on the cover, if you do look it up, it's uh, in in the curtains on the windows. There's like little skulls that you can slightly make out if you look at it long enough. So that's one thing I'll give the artist. Like that's. That's a cool thing about the artwork, but either way, the movie itself just, it it rocks me, man. Yeah, this is a great one. Like, this is one I think I'll definitely be revisiting. Like, I think there's little things that I'll pick up on even like on another viewing that I think I would dig. And I think just like how it like, how it transitions like throughout the film is so seamless. Like, this was a breezy watch. This was a nice like. Like everything is very subdued until it's not, you know, and I think that's what really works for it. And I think it's because it has an underlying like layer of tension that's just building the entire times. And like, you know, it's one of those single location movies 
that gets really exciting and intense because you're thinking about those times where Kathy Bates has to leave the leave the house. So she goes and gets some paper from the store or something. And uh, like the the absolutely like brilliant, the brilliant like where you get a chance to see Kathy Bates's OCD. Like you see there's so many different times throughout the movie that you see uh, different levels of how insane she is. And she I I watched a bunch of the special features on this thing. And there was uh, talks with like William Goldman and uh, Rob Reiner and. Kathy Bates they sat down and they wanted to really flesh the character out give her a backstory give her a reason to be this crazy person that she is that's why even in the books like you know how they're when he finds the 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 photo album the scrapbook that has the you know uh, articles that state how she was killing babies and killing infant uh, like elderly people that just adds a whole nother layer of her insanity and how scary it is that he's basically sleeping in a bear den like anything can happen at any point and I, but that's totally yeah, what I was getting at with the, the OCD thing, though, when she leaves the house and he's hobbling around the house, no pun intended, um, the, he knocks over the penguin and then he yeah. puts it backwards. Oh. Like, I don't know if you remember that, but like, that's how she yeah. could tell that he was out of his bed because the penguin was backwards. Something so little like that. It's just the attention to detail. That's something that makes Rob Reiner such an incredible filmmaker, too. You look at, like, totally. Stand By Stand by Me, uh, When Harry Met Sally. All of his movies that, like, he's best known for, they're all such great character pieces. They're so good at fleshing out characters in a short amount of time. And I think that's why King trusted him so much. And the one that one other thing they'll say about that, like, Castle, Castle Rock Entertainment thing is, eventually, King would sell... He would give... He would sell Castle Rock Entertainment the rights for his stories for $1 a piece. He would only ask for $1. So he just wanted them done right. Interesting. Because this is the psychopath who was mad about Kubrick's version. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but, well, maybe he should have just done it himself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it went so well from the first time. Yeah, maximum holy drive. <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about, like, fleshing out, like, characters and, like, him, like, Rob Reiner really focusing on making characters worthwhile, it, it pays off so well in this one because, like, Kathy Bates gives it an amazing performance in this, like well deserving of like Oscar for best actress, like 1991. Yeah, we need to point that out. We need to point that out. She was the first a woman to win an Oscar for best actress in a horror or thriller film. So that that's groundbreaking. That's huge. And yep. I mean, it makes complete sense. I think I knew that too, actually going into this. And I so I kind of knew like okay, like Kathy Bates is about to like deliver the goods. And because of that, I was like, I didn't know the hobbling scene like what it was at all but i knew like something fucked up was going to happen like i knew there had to be something kind of intense at least at some point in this film and uh i mean yeah anyone who was in the golden compass will definitely deliver that you know it only checks out <laughs> wait kathy bates was in the golden compass she definitely she was, was. she was I also in not, fred claus <laughs> and uh failure to launch you know, yeah and bad, santa too. and bad santa too and bad santa too her finest hour charlotte's web <laughs> Bad Senate 2, finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I this just is a great love... pick, Mitch. This is a great pick, man. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to tell everyone I know who hasn't seen this movie to watch this movie. You should. It is a great movie, and I think it's a good movie to watch, especially during this time of isolation. You know, obviously that's a that's a conversation that's getting a little tired after a year now of being like. But at the same time, it hasn't worn off for me. I find that these movies that are centered or kind of like Boozy, you were mentioning My Heart Can't Beat, like just the small cast like films, they're really, really, really resonating with me uh, over this pandemic. 
But Misery, I, I, man, I don't know. It's every time I watch it, I love it more. I think this is one of the few movies that, and I think a lot of people would debate me on this, but I think it gets better the more you watch it because you notice all these little nuances that are so carefully layered throughout the movie. And um, in lesser hands, this wouldn't, it wouldn't be the, we wouldn't be here talking about it today. Yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I could even see like if this were to get like a modern approach to it how it would be very dangerously easy to like really utilize like the social media and the <laughs> yeah. internet and like that yeah. kind, those kind of tropes but at the same time that could be great but I, I, yeah I, I think it is a Yo, it like, almost benefits it. from being like I think a remake this, of this would be great I, I don't think it'd be bad but I think this this particular film benefits from being such a from like 1990 where like right, totally. a fan of novels can you know exist in this way I think it really benefits from that if you want me to recommend a, a modern misery um that you'd want to check out it's kind of similar have you have you seen um the fanatic <laughs> with, uh, i actually Travolta. haven't but I will, i'm i'm i don't know how you guys have John Travolta. i'm gonna get there one of these days it's almost I, like i, I feel I like i know that. so much about it i don't need to watch it do you know what yeah, i mean on, it's I, like you've I, been I, there. I enjoyed that movie more than i should have <laughs> like shout out fred durst i mean the man yeah he's yeah, a... and De and devin sawa and Whoa! Travolta. Yeah, Devin, Devin Sawa in that. Yeah, he's the he's the action star that John Travolta is obsessed oh, okay. with. <laughs> oh man, what a great yeah, film! But yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about with uh, in terms of misery, or should we let these people have a very merry Christmas? I would just be, you know, just just uh, really pumping this 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 film's tires some more. So I mean, yeah, let's let let's let it be. Yeah. Oh, they say misery business. I want to bring that up. Shout oh, great. Yeah, this is where that came from. This is where Paramore came up with the idea. I'm in the I'm in the misery business, is what they say. That's a good a callback. I completely Kyle, forgot what a, that. That's the real Christmas miracle, is yeah. that right there. there. What a way to end an episode. But uh, actually, how I'm going to end it quickly, you guys, I hope you don't mind. But I do, like I had mentioned this uh, Scream Factory copy. If you are a fan of Misery or you just want to see it, I think you can get it for fairly cheap online right now. You just might not get the slipcover, which is fine because you can have the better artwork, the original artwork. Um, but this thing, like I, I've talked about it at nauseum at this point, why I love the label of Scream Factory. But I think this is one of the best releases they've done in a while. Uh, in terms of special features like the features on this thing are nuts there's a 40 minute interview with rob reiner just like you know re going reflecting on the film which is new and uh there's a new interview with greg nicotero in which they actually break down the hobbling scene and how they did it and they show you like all the bells and whistles and the wow. tricks and they show you like the factory full of legs that they had all of Kathy Bates's heads that they had for when they crush her skull with the typewriter. And, uh, it's just amazing. And I thought like that alone was worth the $25 I spent on this, but that's not even it. Like there's still so like, this isn't a paid ad. Um, but uh, there's audio commentary with, uh, with Rob Reiner audio commentary with the screenwriter, William Goldman, there's like a bunch of little featurettes on like stalkers and people who like so little true crime documentaries about stalking in huh. general that's on this thing. So I think they did a hell of a job with the release, uh, even though I'm not in love with the artwork. It's uh, it's one of my it's a must own for me. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed listening to us talk about misery. And uh, I, don't know, I think uh, happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. Happy holidays.
enjoy yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, get some get some good food in you. Stay safe. Uh, stay in your house. Uh, boo Have a yeah, beer. Watch hang out. Movies. Yeah, watch some oh, movies. Oh, oh, send us your uh, send us your top favorite films of the year to the terror table yes. at gmail.com and we'll read it on next episode. Uh, if you want, you can make it as long as you want. If you want to even just, you know, reference why you like a couple of these movies, give us a little jot note or something. Uh, feel free to send it that way. You can also check us out at www.theterratable.com, which I keep forgetting to uh, remind people that it is active and uh, it's being updated constantly by our friend, John Allison. He has offered to, I don't know if, I don't think I even told you guys this, but John is uh, in control of the website now. And I really appreciate that. It it's helps in John's hands. It's in, yeah, it's in so God's check hands out, now. Check out our website. And uh, with that being said, we'll uh, see you guys next time on the Terror Table. Toodles. Toodles. I want to be the same